glitter. Oh yeah, glitter. Well, Lots of glitter. I know what she said there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she could just be a kleptomaniac. Oh, you got a frappuccino. Cheers. <laughs> sort of. Cheers. There's not taken. Wizards and wine. Wine. Who wants to go first and try to recap what the heck happened in the last couple episodes? How far back? Just with the Feywild. Feywild. The Feywild Funky Festival. costumes. Drinking. Yep. Mm -hmm. I won. Big concert. <laughs> <laughs> glitter. Oh, yeah. Glitter. Lots of glitter. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Um, assless chaps. <laughs> assless chaps, yes. <laughs> Wear your outfits, yeah. And we kept trying to get I kept trying to get you to turn around so everyone would see the butt. <laughs> it worked a couple times. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I flashed an audience once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you stood up on a chair and you had the chant going, Meg, Meg, Meg. Yeah, Meg. yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah, what else? What else? An awesome concert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Bros of Destiny. Bros of Destiny, yeah. Yeah, the Bros of Destiny. <laughs> and the eating contest before that. Yeah. The pie eating contest. Yeah. Yes. I remember my stable boy. Yeah. Yes. The stable boy is there. So, Aaron, basically this all kicked off with uh, <laughs> with Darjan and Pete uh, kind of had, having an argument. And uh, the group kind of uh, all woke up oh, and their yeah. tattoos were really itchy. And it turns out okay. that yeah. when, when the tattoos are itchy, that means that you've been summoned. And there's only like three or four people in Knights Defiance who can summon people through the tattoos. So um, they met up with uh, Meg's new elven friend uh, in the kitchen because they were all pretty hungry. And uh, she explained to them how the tattoo works when you're summoned. Basically, it's like, you know, the game Hot and Cold. How you mm -hmm. you walk around a room and people are like, no, no, cold, 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 hot, hot, hot. Well, the less itchy it gets, the closer you are to the person who summoned you. Um, so they, you guys have uh, officially met Pete at this point, the black dragonborn with the bronze tattoos. And um, he is apparently part of a musical group called the Bros of Destiny. Um, Pete plays his uh, double-headed axe as a guitar. And... It's the uh, very first time that people have heard electric guitar in the world, um, because Pete is a uh, electric dragonborn. I don't feel like that's right. Lightning. Eh. Anyway, he's got lightning stuff. Um, you also learned a little bit, but we're gonna kind of recap that um, as we start this episode because it was really sloppy and I didn't really like how it happened um, because I had drank an entire bottle of wine to myself at that point. <laughs> Um, so, also not drinking today for today's episode. No, I bet not. Mm -mm. So, as we start this week, you guys um, also, Cynthia, Janet, and uh, Christine, you guys all sent me um, bits and pieces of what happened to your characters backstage. Um, yep, yep. With those stories, I thought that with you guys having the stories that you've written, um, this would be a kind of a cool way for us to actually... Uh, do some role playing and actually have it play out. And as that happens, I'm going to try to weave some of the lore into those stories. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, you should have <laughs> me. I would have. I would not have put some of the stuff in there that I did. Yeah. No. I think that that's. I think that's how we're going to handle it. So, Aaron, this is going to be kind of a um, a good uh, session for you to. Um, just kind of take some, some notes and stuff. But once we get to like the second half, there's going to be oodles for stuff. Cause we're going to go back to the headquarters. Okay. Just so you know. All right. So as we come in, the, the, the bros of destiny are just coming off of the stage. They have just done another epic performance. Uh, the crowd went absolutely crazy. Uh, they were kind of mesmerized by what they saw on the stage with the emo unicorn named Bob. Socrates doing his dramatic flying over the crowd, being followed in the spotlight, uh, finally making it onto the perch on Pete's armor, which Pete was on stage just playing the guitar. And again, it started very soft, very like lovely electric guitar kind of interlude. And then as Pete landed um, and headbanged, or head-butted, I suppose, the symbol that Pete has in his armor. Um, that's when the, the real crazy part of the show kind of took off. So 
the guys are finished. They're coming down off of the stage. You guys are all backstage. Um, you know, you've got Bob who's panting heavy. He's a unicorn, so he doesn't sweat. Um, he immediately goes over to uh, this long trough, which is actually filled full of ale for him. And he just starts like drinking <laughs> to try to rehydrate a little bit after uh, the set. So Kratz is staying on Pete's shoulder, but Pete kind of has a distant look in his eyes and nobody really seems to be bothering him too much. Also backstage are some of the other bands that were performing. DJ Hung is there, surrounded by some groupies. Um, you also have the uh, Screamo, the Drow Screamo band. Um, who is backstage. They ha also have a group of um, groupies with them. Each one seems to have three girls, and each one of them has a blonde, a redhead, and a brunette with them. Um, and they're all drow, so you know they're kind of off doing their own thing. But as uh, the Bros of Destiny come off of the stage, they are... The, the heads of all of the groupies are, you know, kind of turned. I mean, like, Pete and the boys are kind of a huge deal here. You guys have been kind of putting this together as you've watched the performance. Uh, so they come down off of the stage, and uh, the satyr, Dracon, he stayed with you guys while you were backstage. Um, I mean, he's not going to miss an opportunity to see the Bros of Fate up close and personal. Like, you guys had front row, like side stage best seats in the house ever seats for this were there groupies apparently yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> incredible um so who wants to uh kind of start off with uh what you guys are going to get up to backstage who wants to start that well the, the entire purpose of this was for them to for us to find out why knights of fines does what they do correct and Care's pretty thick, so he doesn't quite get it yet. <laughs> so once Pete looks like he's ready to talk, I suppose he's gonna. Uh, Care will grab an ale, like one in each hand, bring one over to Pete, and. Okay. All right. And he's gonna, once Pete grabs it, and he seems like he's comes down from whatever high he is off the stage. Sure. Yeah. Um, is. He takes his mug, he takes his sip, and he's like, so what's this about? What's this have to do with nice defiance in us? What he says is, and imagine this in like a um, kind of like an African accent. Um, he says, you know, I really just wanted to bring you here because I know that you have seen so much of the ugly side of Knight's Defiance. And I know that you guys have experienced a lot of really horrific things with Canticle Bay and, uh, you know, being uh, locked in the questioning rooms. And I really just wanted to give you guys an opportunity to remember that there are truly great and wonderful things that happen. And there really are truly great things um, that we fight for, for Knight's Defiance. And I just wanted to make sure that you didn't lose sight of that as a group. He just, Ale just nods and drinks his ale. Mm -hmm. Deep thought, mm -hmm. wanders off. Okay. And Pete goes back to uh, just kind of like wistfully, well, well, I mean, there's no window to look out of, but he kind of has that, again, far away um, gaze again. Uh, so the uh, satyr, Drakon, he's going to uh, sit down with Xandra. And he's going to say, so you guys really don't know about like Darjan and, and Pete and, and the bros and you guys really don't know that stuff? No, we know nothing about them. Really? Like nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. This, I don't even remember how. We, how do we get here? <laughs> In the night's defiance. We were kind of abducted. We were, yeah, we were kind so, of... Uh, yeah, that's it. All right, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were, were kind of, voluntold. We were voluntold. We were whisked away to the Knights Defiance, and I don't know. Okay. Kind of so stuck he, in the fire right away. He says, so they didn't take the time to explain to you um, how Darjan and Pete met they didn't take the time to tell you about you know amber's involvement they didn't take the time to talk to you about um criella and how she joined like you you really don't have the story of knight's defiance they just brought you in and shoved you out the door yeah oh that's basically what they did well this is highly unusual for them they're usually very very good at these sorts of things 
they have not been very forthcoming on anything. Oh. Well, let me tell you a story then. And he uh, kind of, you know, makes himself comfortable and begins to tell you about the story of Darjan. And he goes back to the very beginning of uh, when Darjan and Pete first met in a small village in Barovia. And he explains that it was kind of happenstance uh, that they even met in the first place. Um, he talks about how they uh, worked together and eventually defeated the Devil Strad. Um, he talked about how Darjan, once that was done and Darjan didn't see the change in the world that she expected to see after the death of Strad, um, she, he talks a little bit about how Darjan kind of um, had never been the same since then. And he talks about how um, Pete has been Darjan's kind of connection to the things that made Darjan good. She does sometimes lose sight of it because she is a little bit overzealous. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but <laughs> she can a little be, bit, yeah. yeah, she can be a little bit overzealous. He tells you about, you know, the, the band Rose of Destiny, and he tells you a little bit about what he understands of the story of Socrates and how Socrates became involved with Pete and Darjan. As he's telling this story, one of the, um, one of the groupies from the drow band is kind of eavesdropping and says, no, 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 no. That's not how the story went at all. I knew a water nymph who was there at the island that Pete was on when he met Socrates. And let me tell you how this story <laughs> actually went. So she goes on and she launches into this big story about how uh, Pete was involved in a shipwreck and he was saved by this man who lived on who lives on this island still to this day you know that's where pete kind of discovered his love of seafood and he learned how to fish properly and you know he learned all of these things and um when socrates was flying uh by the island um he heard pete playing and uh, he decided that they should make a band one of the other girls um, one of the other groupies is like no 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 that's not how that happened Stop it. And she launches into a story about how the dragon, uh, sorry, the island is actually the lair of a dragon who sleeps on these giant fishnets that are all stitched together. And he pulls the fishnets out of the ocean to save the fish because he thinks that humans are overfishing the, the, the waters and he's trying to help the fish survive a little bit longer. Now, the fish surely do um, get eaten by this massive giant dragon, but he never um, really fishes as a dragon. He only does that as a human, so he's taking less from the ocean. And when Pete came to the island, the dragon wanted Pete to stay, so he only showed himself in human form. That's when um, they met Bob. And somebody else goes, that's not how they met Bob. Stop telling big stories. Is this like a telephone game? I mean, a little bit. And there, there, are, there are bits of this that are very true, but I just thought this would be a much funner way for, <laughs> for this bit of, totally. of lore to be told. Okay, so the next group, I like it. The next groupie comes over and she's like, listen, you guys. <laughs> The island is right, the dragon is right, the fishing nets are right, and the shipwreck is right. But that's not how they met Bob. They met Bob in Barovia when Bob saved them all from a horde of zombies, you guys. And, you know, the, the evening kind of unfolds like this with Xandra kind of you know, holding court almost with all of these groupies who claim to know the real story of how the bros of fate came together. And, uh, bros of destiny or fate, bro, bros of destiny. It? Sorry. Yeah. It's bros of destiny. Okay. Yeah. So as this is happening, um, Smegbrum, uh, is sitting at a table by himself and he's had a couple of drinks and, and he kind of stiffens up a little bit and he's like, wait, inspiration. I must do a oh, thing. God. So he, he goes Hair over. flinches and like backs up. <laughs> <laughs> right? So uh, Smegbrum gets up and goes over to Pete and he says, Pete. So Pete, one of the things that I've never talked about, but one of the things that Pete always has on him, kind of attached on his hip, on his belt, is this little cage. And inside the cage is a book that Pete writes in all the time. 
and he keeps it under lock and key. He keeps it on himself at all times. And uh, Smegbrum says to Pete, he goes, listen, I know how to make the lock even better so that nobody is going to be able to get to your little secrets. Um, so Pete's like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. So he unhooks it from his belt and, and hands it over to Smegbrum, who at this point you guys know is a very trusted friend of Pete. Just as Smegbrum always does, he goes back to the table that he was sitting at and he kind of fumbles around a little bit, picks the lock and the, the cage pops open and he takes the book out and sets the book on the table and then sets to work on this lock. And he's got his little roll of tools. You're not sure where he pulled it from because he is in those silver LeMay booty shorts with a tail. Um, and he gets to work and he's like in the zone. Like he's not paying any attention to anything that's happening around him. And guys, it's around this time that you start to hear the sound of a recorder being played. Meg, can you tell us a little bit about what you are up to backstage at the show? Yes, let me get let me get this ready and refresh my memory. Yes, please do. So Meg is just remember she's a teenager, right? Yeah. Yes. So I think she so I Pretty sure she hasn't really drank all that much up until joining this Night's Defiance business. So she just starts wandering around backstage. Like, I know we're supposed to be finding out about what the concert has to do with Night's Defiance, etc. But Meg has suddenly no interest in this because she's like, oh my god, I'm backstage at like a really cool show. So she starts wandering and she ends up sort of stumbling into this room that has like shelves and shelves of alcohol unbeknownst to her super strong alcohol and she's like I could just have a, like, a little bit right so she starts let's pretend there's like absinthe and stuff like that in there so she's like that looks pretty because it's green <laughs> so she, she uncorks one of the bottles and she's like sniff sniff and uh, it smells kind of good kind of medicinal but she's like what when else am I going to try this, right? So she has a sip, and she's like, oh, that's actually pretty good. And keep in mind, this tastes like that oil slick, remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I like the oil so slick. So I wouldn't like it. <laughs> Cynthia would. Uh, and she's like, so she grabs the bottle, and she just starts wandering around. And she starts to get super tipsy. And at some point, she finds, I'm assuming one of the band members has a recorder, so she grabs this recorder and she's like, holy crap, or do I actually have, sorry, I may actually have my own recorder. No, I have a pan flute. Anyway. We're, she's like, we're oh. in outfits anyways. Right. She's like, this thing looks just like a pan flute. I can totally play this. And she starts playing and it's awful. It's like children playing in grade four, right? And it's just like, but like, I am a rocket. She's a rock and roll star now at this point. And she looks out into the, like, where the audience would be, and... Because she's on the main stage, right? Oh, yeah, sorry, yes. Now I'm on the main stage. (laughs) I, (laughs) she. Let's say she, because I don't want to have anything to do with it. (laughs) And uh, she looks down, and she sees Hagen, the stable boy. She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. (laughs) So she's super drunk, playing the recorder terribly. And then sort of dancing around on stage in, I can't remember what my outfit was, but I feel like it probably had like really high heels, like sort of clap. I'm, I'm envisioning like D-Light. Remember D-Light? It had, um, yeah. it, it had angel wings. Yes. That but my shoes were like giant Flubog style shoes. Yeah. So I can't walk worth shit. <laughs> so I suddenly trip and I fall completely off the stage just like trip fall and I'm on the ground and then that's that's all I remember that's it that's my glamorous uh yeah (laughs) this is your time at the Feywild yeah okay so um you fall off the stage and your stable boy immediately comes to your rescue and uh he uh you know kind of cradles your head and he's you know sitting on the ground with his legs out in front of him and your head is kind of resting in his lap and he's just kind of sitting back and he's like playing with your hair he's waiting for you to you know come back to consciousness he's not concerned that you you know I puke by the way I, I did puke 
Right. He's kind of covered that up with some Forgot dirt. about that part. Yeah, he covered it up with some dirt. Glossing over that. Yeah, we're just yeah. going to... He's, he's ignoring that as well. Okay, good, good, good. Because he's a lovely guy. And... Yeah. Uh, so he is just kind of uh, sitting with you, making sure that you're going to be safe and that nobody is going to come and try to mess with you or anything like that. He's there to take care of you. And as you're, you're kind of like in and out of consciousness and you hear somebody come over to him and ask him how much he knew about Pete and the bros of destiny. And uh, he's like, well, I mean, they're my friends or they're kind of like coworkers, you know, and it's the first time I kind of got invited to go to, uh, you know, the, the Feywild festival and like we had code words and stuff and they said the code word. So I knew that it was like game time. Um, so, like, we, we came here, and now I have, like, this really pretty girl, and I like to hang out with her, and, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, like, where I'm at, and the person that he's talking to, um, Meg, because your eyes are unable to open at this point, you're just kind of hearing, um, yeah. you know, that level of drunkenness. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, uh, and you hear uh, the this voice of somebody that you don't um, know who it belongs to, and they just start talking about how it's their understanding that when Socrates and Pete met, it was after the demise of the Raven Queen. And nobody is really 100% sure of how that happened, but rumor has it that there was a little halfling girl who was involved. From what everybody understands, it was even accidental. It wasn't even on purpose that this happened. As this guy is telling this story, and in your drunken haze, you're starting to connect dots because you've always been suspicious of nice defiance. Like, ever since the day that you landed in the headquarters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You've been. It's a cult. (laughs) (laughs) Can I kind of half wake up and just go, it's a cult? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Definitely. That happens. And Pete's like, and Pete, and Hagen's like, shh, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Shh. And he kind of like lulls you back to you. sleep, sleep. We'll call it sleep. And so this person, Drunk sleep. yeah, right. This person yeah. continues on with their story and says that uh, Socrates, rumor has it, was actually on his way to somebody else who was supposed to become the next person who could hear fate as it was told on the wind for dramatic purposes. Also, I wasn't sure how I'd said that, so we'll just say that that's what it was in my notes all the way back in Halifax, Nova Scotia. As Socrates heard Pete playing this new and wonderful music because he had his electric guitar on the island, Socrates was like, wait a minute, this is going to be really great. And I think that this is exactly what I need. I don't think that I need, you know, some guy who's going to do exactly what the Raven Queen did. I think I need somebody who's going to do this in a new and exciting way. So uh, he discovers Pete and him and Pete together leave the island. They ended up actually in Barovia and that's kind of where Pete and Darjan met. So that's kind of that piece of the puzzle. Now, I want to go back to Xandra because, Xandra, you were, like, holding court with all of the groupies and stuff. And I think that uh, you probably get tired of listening to them kind of talking over each other. And you probably lost interest because bits of the story um, were just not making any sense. And then there were other parts of the story that were just overlapping. And you were like, oh, my God, I've heard this all before. So I would like you, Zandra, to tell me about what you get ba- up to backstage at the Bros of Destiny concert in the Feywild. Okay. So I left them, and I started wandering around. I'm still slightly inebriated from the drinking contest I did, but I continued to drink through the entire evening anyway. I got into a card game with the locals. A drinking card game. And I lost. And I got totally hammered. <laughs> I'm not good at cards. <laughs> So I left them and I started stumbling around the festival. I managed to find almost every stray animal in the entire place and stopped to talk and pet each one of them. They didn't actually talk back, but you know, they did give me lots of snuggles. I found some food, got something to eat, trying to sober up some didn't help. Um, And then I found myself in the games area. So I proceed to play some games. The ball, ball toss? 
when you're throwing the ball at bottles. I played the ball toss game. I won. Got a necklace. It's kind of pretty. Got a pendant on it. Don't know if it's worth anything, but I'll get it checked out. I found the ring toss game. Managed to toss the ring on the head of the guy that was running the game. That did not go over <laughs> well. Um, and then I found the dart throwing game, which was going pretty well. Until I threw the dart in the backside of a guy that was walking by. He was an elder and a high elf named Nix. He had long white hair, pale skin, and ice blue eyes. And he was dressed as, as flamboyantly as we were. Shiny green top, shiny blue pants, purple go-go boots, and gold <laughs> cat ears. He was magnificent. And probably why I was distracted and threw the dart in his ass. <laughs> I apologized to him profusely. Offered to buy him a drink for his trouble. And one turned into several, and we both got quite inebriated. I forgot about the ring of imbibing. Ended up having a very epic one-night stand with him. <laughs> yes. Sweet! <laughs> I managed to make my way... Well, then we managed to wake our... When we make our way back with a very bad hangover the next day. I'm keeping my outfit. It brought me good luck. And I took his cat ears for a keepsake. <laughs> and I've also discovered I have a liking for alcohol. Which is probably not a good thing, but, you know. It loosened me up! <laughs> So, Sandra, what are the things um, that did happen for you, actually, while you were running around petting all of the stray animals? You found a furred drake wormling. So, basically, this is a young... A wormling? A young fuzzy dragon is what you have. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And... Uh, Fantastic. Actually, this, I mean, the thing is, is dumb as a box of rocks, right? Like, it's, it's stupid. But it can communicate in one-word sentences with you, and it can also send you, um, like, pictures of what it's trying to talk about. But because this thing is so dumb, it often sends you pictures, and it'll be like trying to describe a cat, but it will show you, like, a picture of a dog with pointy ears. <laughs> right like it's it's kind of getting at what it really means but it's failing at the same time at, at, at describing exactly what it means um mm -hmm. a very limited communication this way but um it can communicate with you telepathically it has kind of become your friend i'm not going to call it a familiar or a pet at this point um but it is very friendly towards you and even at a, f a few points during the night may have helped cheat a little bit with that ring toss game and it may have actually been the drake that you know kind of distracted you enough that you threw the dart into the ass of your of your liver <laughs> Um, so that's, hey, it just, worked. that's a, that's a little extra that, um, was added to your evening. Now, during the pillow talk with your Prince Charming, um, the he, pillow talk, the pillow talk, he asks you what you know of Darjan, uh, because he knows through pillow talk that you work with Knight's Defiance and that you are, you know, kind of traveling in those circles. He knows that you've arrived with Pete. He knows that you're affiliated with the Bros of Destiny and, and all of those kinds of things. So um, what he explains to you about Darjan is that, yes, it is true. She does have good intentions, but more often than not, those intentions get a little bit skewed because of her distrust of pretty much everything. She doesn't even truly trust members of her inner circle. And he has learned this simply from the various interactions that he has had with Darjan and Criella and Amber, um, and even Bosky over the years. Um, so he just says, you know, uh, her, her work is good work. And I trust that her intentions are noble, but he does kind of warn you a little bit to be very careful about how you speak around Darjan and about how you um, approach certain topics with her. Um, and then he just goes on and starts talking about, you know, how wonderful it is to be an elf and be part of the elven court and blah, blah, blah. And you get quite bored and you fall asleep and you're snoring in his ear and drooling. <laughs> <laughs> Just like me. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, that, that's the only way to do like it. Like my cat. At the end of a long night. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Care, I know that you had your brief um, chat there with um, Pete. Yep. But I would like you now to talk a little bit about uh, what happened with Care at, after the concert. Okay. So, I'm thinking what I would like to happen with uh, Meg and uh, Xandra's permission. Care stumbles across Meg. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> after the the stage fall. Yeah. And kind of like Did you literally you stumble over her like you fall <laughs> over her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can happen. Um and this is before Xander walks off to for the card game and leaves. So this will help tie into the story somewhat. Uh so he sees you there and he kind of like he sees the stable boy there and kind of gives the stable boy the eye, shoots him away, <laughs> and gently wakes you up. <laughs> okay. And goes all like father on you, like how much have you had? To oh, drink? cute. <laughs> <laughs> and what you I would like curfew. to have, <laughs> not quite curfew, but it's like where you're still kind of inebriated. I'm, I'm honestly, I want a one-on-one -on -one drinking contest with you, and I want Xandra to slip the ring of imbibing to you. Before she oh, goes okay. off, and does her thing. Okay, because it didn't so, happen with me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, he's gonna lose the drinking contest with you. Is what I was hoping to help happen. And, okay. And uh, I don't even know how we're gonna do this, but would we role play this or? Absolutely. <laughs> Remember, I am stumbling drunk. But well, I'm gonna put the ring of imbibing on you. You're both drunk, yeah. but he's gonna get drunker. Yeah. So I so, slip the ring of imbibing on your finger. So what does so that mean then? What is it? Like I don't really understand. Well, you don't the, get drunk or hangover. I that's think, but after the fact, but I already am though. That's the thing, right? Yeah, I think the ring sobers you up. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, so smart. like, well, so essentially, and, after he's like standing over you, is like, how much have you had to drink and being a dad? Nothing. <laughs> You're probably mad, right? Yeah. So, I'm embarrassed, and you're so embarrassing, Dad. Yeah. I chased off your stable boy, so you're probably yeah. like super mad. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I can't even believe you, and I stomp. Yeah, so but not really. Yeah. Um. So you are yeah. you bringing out the drink? Okay. Yeah. Can I like, find the drink? It's like it's like you you shouldn't be drinking on your own kind of thing and. Oh, you can have some of this. And I'm like, here's the absinthe. I'm like, this stuff's really good. It tastes kind of weird, but try it. Also, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> he says, fine. Uh, you stop fine. when... <laughs> whoever eh. falls first, like, like you stop when I stop kind of thing. And, fine. Uh, <laughs> right. I can do so, that. So, like, he goes to get cups for the drink, or an ale, or whatever, and... I think Xandra slips you the ring. At yeah, that when point. you go when do that, ready. I slip the ring to you. Say, put this on. Okay. Fake, fake the drunkness. Okay. And this will keep you from. So just yeah, drink. Okay. Come under the table, and I slip the ring on a finger. <laughs> Don't let him see. Yeah, and I come back with I guess stools and cups and for the drinks and so we can sit down while we're drinking. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then just like one after the other, and since it doesn't affect yeah. you at all, I just get drunker and drunker. And I'm like, glug, 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 glug. <laughs> this sounds great. <laughs> and like he doesn't catch on at all. <laughs> okay, and... so uh, hey, Carrie, you wanna wanna do a bet here? <laughs> what kind of bit? Let me think about that for a minute. I like this outfit, but I think we could go better. Yours, cock. <laughs> like, <laughs> better? <laughs> How? What about a tail? Okay, you win. I never talk to the stable boy again. Do I win. <laughs> no hesitation. I win. And you, um, but, sorry, sidebar here. How do, how do we get Kara tail. We just have well, the, the costume yeah. tent, right? Yeah, the costume tent. You oh, could, okay. You I thought you even... meant that you had to wear one forever, because that's even more fun. Okay. <laughs> um, I win. You have to wear this tail, and I hold it up, and this set of ears. I already got a set of ears, and, like, the bunny ears are still, like, gone. Yeah. <laughs> going up one day. <laughs> These are new ears. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and you avoid the stable boy for a week. He's yeah. not going to be Yo, too. And we, can we shake on it? 
Sure. Like, he's, like, <laughs> he's already pretty drunk, so like he misses like the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's super awkward, and I'm pretending I'm like, hey, yeah, okay, ready? Ready. <laughs> okay. Drinky contest. Oh, we so, go. Like, one and then two, one. and then it probably takes like he's already had several already. Okay. Because <laughs> he, he won that first drinking contest. Oh, this stuff's strong. I can still go though. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> You sure uh, about that? Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's heritage. All right, and I drain the bottle. <laughs> and I hand you a and brand like, new and bottle. His eyes kind of, eyes widen, and he just kind of rolls back and <laughs> rolls off the stool. Sweet. And, then he's and I high five myself. <laughs> All right, so, so then, do I put the tail on you? Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's unconscious right now. Oh, I have to work past those weird chaps you're wearing. <laughs> That was your choice. It's true, actually. <laughs> that was my choice. Okay, so I pin the tail on, and I put, like, the... Are you keeping the bunny ears, or should... I'm going to put a second set of ears. <laughs> what kind of ears are these ones? Fox. Fox and rabbit ears. So okay. now you have, like, two flappy ears happening? And, and I, I want to say, like, the fox ears are offset. Oh, so yeah. So they're, like, one's oh, in the yeah. middle, one's off to the side, and they both... They all move. Yeah. <laughs> Just Fantastic. As all of this is happening and you guys are off and getting into debauchery, but also getting bits and pieces of, um, as it turns out, uh, things that you have been missing about Knight's Defiance, the, the, the purpose of it, the reason behind it, uh, a little bit more on the people who run it, all of that kind of stuff. Um, Smegbrum has been meticulously working on this locking mechanism on the cage so he th he finally okay. gets it finished and he packs up all of his tools they disappear somewhere into his costume which is again just booty shorts <laughs> and a tail and suspenders um and he gets up and he closes the cage and he takes it back over to pete and he goes look i fixed the lock so now you are the only person who can open it and it's this really complicated kind of like almost like a puzzle lock uh, and, oh, yeah. he, and he shows Pete how to open it, and Pete's like, "Okay, cool, but where's my book?" And Smegrim <laughs> goes, "Oh, it's just it's back there on the table. This is the important part." And Pete's like, "No, actually, <laughs> no. Uh, the book is pretty important. That's why it's locked uh, yeah. in a cage tied to my belt. The book is kind of important." Uh, so Smegbrum goes, oh my god, you guys, you're never happy with these things that I create. There's always no. a problem. So he turns around and he goes stomping back to the table. When he gets back to the table, he goes to reach for where he put the book, and the book is gone. And uh, Bosky's just been kind of, like, hanging out in the background. He's seen everything, by the way, that's happened. Um, and uh, Meg, when you fell off the stage, he had a bit of a chuckle over that. Um, <laughs> I get it, but yeah. still. <laughs> right. Rude. Um, so when Smegbrum comes back to the table and the book is missing, Smegbrum looks up and him and Bosky kind of make eye contact and they start scanning the crowd and looking for somebody who looks like they are trying to leave quickly. And they okay. do spot somebody. They do spot a smaller, slender, um, hooded figure. Now, out of ref uh, reflex, reflex, out of habit, um, Bosky raises his now mechanical arm, expecting the crossbow to come out, but he forgets that Smegbrum gave him a new attachment, and instead of firing a crossbow, it's actually a glitter cannon. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. As he raises his arm and <laughs> fires, uh, there's just this cloud of glitter that goes all over the place. Um, but I would like you, um, I guess you're all going to have to make um, perception checks, and you're all going to have to do it with disadvantage, please. You're going to have to, I'm sorry, I heard only part of that. Yeah, do it, roll with yeah. disadvantage, because you're all quite drunk. Oh, yeah. Me too? Yes, Cynthia. You're, you're all gonna yeah. no roll i'm rolling too yes because you're all gonna kind of notice this um disturbance happening this ruckus i mean it's hard to okay. miss a glitter cannon even if you're in the front where's of the, the stage. five 
Okay. Oh, seven, and I had rolled a 17. God damn it. Aww. And what is this, perception? Yes. We're yeah. doing perception? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so eight. Okay. Cares. Fast asleep in front of the stage. Okay. And Pretty that's close. where happy I am. <laughs> okay. Perception? Yeah. Aaron, I promise we're getting closer to you. Okay. okay. I was just wondering if I had a roll or not, that's all. Yeah, no, you're not there. You're still back at the headquarters trying to figure out where everybody went. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> we ditched you. Right. I've been too busy out playing with Carl. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Getting friendly with your ostrich. That's perfect. Ten. Okay. You guys recognize, except for Care, who is toes up on the ground, recognize a bit of a ruckus, but you, and you see this huge glitter bomb go off, and you're like, oh my god, that looks so cool. Um, and you're gonna head actually in that direction. Meg, um, are you gonna pick Care up and drag Care with you, or are you just gonna leave him sleeping in the front of the stage? I'm gonna try to drag Care. This is gonna be fun. Yo, come here. Of course. Care's my bro. Give me a of course I have to drag Care. Yeah. Pardon me, I'm sorry. Give me a strength check. Oh god, okay. Um, so, 13. Yeah, with a lot of effort, you're going to be able to drag him. <laughs> I mean, it's not... He's going to feel the way that he was drugged in the morning. Like, you have him by an arm, and you're like... You know, you have, like, his arm up in your armpit, and you're walking forward and just kind of, like, dragging him <laughs> step by right. step by step. Um, so he's probably going to feel a little stiffness in his shoulder in the morning. Um, but you do manage to at least get him backstage where everybody else is. So he's going to be a little bit safe while you guys try to figure out what the heck is going on with this book. Right now, uh, what's great about the incidental, uh, glitter cannon is that it actually, um, is going to be useful in tracking down the culprit because of glitter. <laughs> because glitter, right? So they were hit with glitter. glitter. Uh, yeah, there's going to be lights and that's going to reflect the glitter. So I would like to actually, I'm going to have um, Bozki, because he hasn't really been drinking. Bozki uh, is just starts barking orders at nobody because nobody really from Knights Defiance is around except for Smegbrum. Pete is there and he's just like, glitter, follow the glitter. And it's going to take us directly to the person who took Pete's book. And God damn it, we can't lose the book. So uh, everybody is just all of a sudden eyes are on the ground. And everybody is like going in circles trying to figure out what trail they're supposed to follow. Because the glitter cannon happened and there's just glitter everywhere. So uh, Bozki is, finds Does he s a trail of glitter that goes off in a direction. And he's Does like, he smack me awake? <laughs> and he goes that way and Smegrim goes care what are you doing sleeping on the job don't you know we forgot things that we are supposed to be doing now somebody took the book you have to help me get out of trouble care and he kind of like <laughs> nudges you with his foot and it's not it's not working so he finds like a glass yeah. that has uh, liquid in it not really sure what the liquid is but he's going to throw it down in your face and I would like you to make a constitution check for oh, me, constitution? Please. Yeah, to see if that's going to wake you up. Uh, 19. Yeah, it wakes you up. You're like, you like wake up and you like are ready to spring into action. You're like, what's happening? What's happening? What do you need? Uh, so um, all of you, include like Pete, Socrates, even Bob is involved. And you guys are going to start chasing after this trail of glitter. Um, and it leads directly into the woods, this particular uh, direction that you were headed. And luckily, because the entire perimeter of the festival is lit with those, remember the glowing flowers? Yes. Right? That kind of pulse. Um, yeah. Because of those surrounding everything, um, it's going to catch the glitter. So you're able to follow the trail relatively easily. And you get through the woods. Um, and I would like you each to make a nature nature check. Is that going to help you get through the woods? Yeah, um, survival. Yeah, do a survival. I rolled a six. It's a nine. Can't hear you, Janet. <laughs> nope. No. Can't hear you now. Can read your lips, but that's about it. <laughs> We're all so fluent in Janet at this point that we know exactly what you're actually saying. <laughs> I am just helping you cover your mouth, in. though. <laughs> I know what she's 
said there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it too. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh my god. <laughs> well, we can't see you. <laughs> she moved. Nice. There you are. Now hear me. Okay, yes. good. Yeah. Okay. Phew. Okay, so I rolled my mini dice yes. and I rolled a seven plus four because I have four in survival. So eleven. Okay. Right. Are we now are we rolling with disadvantage? No. No, this, okay. this, uh, this, we're going to say um, that this little bit of um, an incident is going adrenaline. to... Adrenaline. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like an adrenaline thing that's going through your body, and it's going to help kind of counteract okay. the alcohol. Excuse me, alcohol. 21. Okay. So you guys are, like, flying through the forest, especially after um, that period of time that you spent in the forest where it was encounter after encounter after encounter. Um, you guys actually have gotten really good at navigating the forest floor. So you're jumping over roots, you're flying around bushes, and you're, uh, you know, dancing around trees, and you're jumping over felled logs and things like that. And the path of glitter is I mean it's starting to get more and more sparse because whoever it was that was hit with the glitter they've been running for a minute so it's like glitter is kind of coming off of them um, but you do manage to trace it to a fallen log and it's hollowed out and you look inside the log and sure enough there is the person um, who is in th in the robe and they're hiding inside the log and uh, Bosky manages to kind of push his way through all of you and he reaches into the log with his mechanical arm and he pulls the person out and kind of lifts them up <laughs> off the ground and he's like what do you want with Pete's book and the person's head the um, uh, hood falls back and it's just it's a female sprite She's gigantic for a sprite at this point, but, um, you know, she's just, she's very slight, very slim. Um, and she's like, I don't know. It just looked like a really pretty thing, and I just wanted it for my collection. Um, I would like an investigation check from Janet, please, from Meg. Okay. Because I feel like... Kara's like super no, disappointed minus there's no one. one to fight. Yeah, <laughs> right. I just, uh, nine minus one, so eight. Eight? Okay. So, um, Meg, you are exactly nosy enough to want to know what else is inside of this log. So you kind of peek down into it and you're rummaging through and you're just kind of like putting your hand in and pulling a whole bunch of stuff out. And you're just finding like bits and baubles of things. Like you're finding like one earring. You're finding like a bracelet. Uh, you're finding okay. like a, you know, like a, a, a rock that has like glitter through the, the finish of the rock. Like you're just finding weird things inside of this log and uh pete at this point catches up with socrates on the perch of his uh his armor and he was like did you find it did you find my book that's all that i care about is that my book is safe and uh Bosky's like yeah bro got you and he just kind of throws the book over at pete yeah bro yeah, yeah bro yeah, got it. Don't worry about it. Uh, so Pete catches the book and pops the lock on his his new lock on the little cage thing and, and puts the book back in there and closes it. And Socrates is immediately demanding that this sprite be brought back to headquarters and be put into one of the questioning rooms to make sure that this person isn't working for someone. It's very suspicious to Socrates that someone would target a book backstage at a rock concert in the Feywild. Right. Uh, so he's kind of demanding this. Bosky is uh, is echoing this um, opinion of Socrates and believes also that it's a good idea that this sprite be brought back to the headquarters. Janet, are you okay? <laughs> this is hitting me quite a bit, so I'm uh, good. Okay. Totally good. I need that <laughs> ring of imbibing right now. Fantastic. <laughs> so good. All right. I'm like, for real. Pete is like, okay, everybody else, I mean, this has to be something that we all agree on because we're not supposed to take people away. From the Feywild Festival, this is supposed to be a safe place. So if we're going to take somebody away from here, we need to make sure that we're doing this unanimously so they can't just single one person out or single out and come after um, even Knight's Defiance. So is this something that we're all in agreement to? Well, she could just be a kleptomaniac. I'm against it. <laughs> but I'm against it, book. but I mean, Looking if we could just question her nicely, maybe? There's mages here, and he, like, waves around to, like, everyone in general, and it's like, isn't Looking there a spell or something to get to the bottom of this without all Looking the chairs? at all the stuff chairs. that's in this log? 
this book is has nothing in common with anything in this log. Exactly. So don't you think it's suspicious that this book yes. would be a thing? Yes. So I'm in agreement. Okay. He kind of like cups his hands together. Does anyone know a true spell? Let me look actually. Do I have anything like that? I don't think I do. I'm looking, I'm looking. Um, No, I don't think so. Okay. Hellish rebuke? No, I don't think I have anything like that. No. Yeah, right? Okay. All right. So Pete's like, look, guys, I can assure you that nothing bad is going to happen. We just, we need to question this sprite and we need to make sure that there's nothing nefarious going on here. I mean, I, I know that you're new to Knights Defiance and I know that you, well, nobody really knows the importance of this book. So it's really funny that this would have been targeted as something for somebody to take. And I just need to make sure. Does Knights Defiance have to be the one to do it? Isn't there like authority here? Well, the rangers I, of this I mean, carnival, whatever. Possibly, but the way that I'm looking at it, and this is Pete talking, he says, look, like, this is something that is extremely personal to me. This is something that's extremely valuable to me. Um, and so Crates pipes up and is like, it's valuable to everyone, and nobody seems to understand what this book can mean and what this book can do. So, uh, it's a book. Yes. It's, you, <laughs> you do know what's in books, right? It's in, a book, but it's the Pages book. <laughs> uh, I do think that it's worth taking her back to headquarters and uh, just spending a little bit of time figuring out if there was something more behind this theft or if it truly is just a kleptomaniac being a klepto. Fair Looking enough. I kind of agree with that. I just don't want torture. Looking at the sprite, what is her reaction to being, to that being said about taking her back? She's just kind I of. I want to do an insight check on her when she's doing it. Sure, go for it. Insight check. Can we yeah. just get her like really drunk? <laughs> <laughs> See what her response is to the questioning here. <laughs> Bosky kind of looks at you out of the corner of his eye and is like, "That's a little strange coming from you, little man." Listen. Alcohol is like the ultimate okay. <laughs> unifier. You have you have no back True. to your pants, by the way. Twenty-one. You know that? Um, and you see, and he actually like does the the dog cha tail chasing thing to see if it's true. <laughs> but uh, in his assless cha pants, yeah, 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 yeah with um, the tail. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So as the this the as this discussion is happening the sprite is very much just kind of very quiet very wide-eyed and she's just kind of like her head is just kind of moving around as everybody is having this discussion she hasn't said a whole lot she hasn't really made any noise either she's definitely behaving as you know the kid who got their hand or got caught with their hand in the cookie jar right mm, yeah i don't trust her okay i'm in agreement take her back okay uh, yep. Care, are you still going to be the standout? Yeah, he will. Okay. Well, um, I think at this point you're going to be overruled. Your your um, your point of view is noted, and as they say that, uh, Pete waves his arm again, and out of the blue, uh, the um, portal opens up, and uh, you're looking straight through into the library again. So, is everybody going to go through the portal into the library? Sure. I'm going. Okay. Do I have snacks there. I mean, you can stay in the Feywild. I don't know when you'll come back, but <laughs> you can stay. Yeah. It's like, I grab you and I grab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I grab Zandra. Come on. Yeah, but if we if we yeah. leave now, how do we do all the stuff that we did that we planned out? What do you mean? All of your partying and stuff? Yeah. Once for one night stand. I want yeah. to <laughs> All of this has happened. We'll just say that all of this has happened. This is like, we'll say that it's like dawn is breaking, is what we'll say. Okay. Okay. So it's like a rave and the sun is coming up. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you guys uh, step through into the library and the air kokra is there to greet you. This guy never seems to sleep. It's actually a little bit creepy. <laughs> Um, it is weird. Right? And uh, he sees you guys coming through the portal, and he sees you bringing somebody back with you, and he turns on his heel and leaves the library and comes back in with Darjan. 
And Darton is like, what's happened? You guys don't usually bring a female back with you from some kind of party. I mean, I <laughs> assume that she's not some groupie. And Pete explains the situation to her and she's like, okay, take her to the questioning room. And immediately without any other conversation, Bosky and Smegbrum take her like uh, in an arm on each side and march her and they start going downstairs. Before we, arms crossed. Yeah. before we left, mm -hmm. um, can we say that I gathered up the stuff that was in the log to bring back? Sure. Yeah, I'll allow it. Absolutely. I stick it in the bag of holding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So you're going to have She's like... She's going to love it even more when everything comes out. Yeah, right? It's going to be right. really yeah. amazing. Oh, amazing. And it's going to be like different glitter than the glitter that's actually in the bag of holding at this point. Are you guys going to follow them down to the questioning rooms, or...? Yeah, I'll do that. I am. Kira goes to follow. Because I just want to make sure she's okay as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So as you guys are uh, making your way downstairs, you come down to the main level with the common room and everything on it, and you're cutting through the common room, and that's where you see Elizabeth. And, uh, Elizabeth... <laughs> In our outfits. Oh, hey, girl. <laughs> yeah, right. What the fuck are you guys wearing? What? Okay. Now, for, for... This is not the first time you've encountered us after some weird thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my God. It's true. It keeps happening, doesn't it? Yeah. It's it does. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth, do you even need an explanation, or are you just kind of accepting this and following them without asking any questions? I'm accepting and following. Okay. With my head, I'm yeah. wise. And I'm wise. Yeah. And I'm following. I'm shaking uh, and following. Can you give me a perception check, please? <laughs> I want to say Kara, like, makes a move to go to his room to change, but I think Xander pulls him back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Xander drags your butt with her. Tail and all, baby. I help you, because I'm like, no way are you, you have to wear that. But, okay. but, outfit. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, no, no. As, as nope. you guys uh, turn to keep following, uh, you know, Bosky and Smegbrom with the sprite um, in between them, Elizabeth is kind of, pardon the pun, bringing up the rear, and that's when she realizes that Care doesn't have any butt in his pants. <laughs> It's a hairy dwarven ass. So, whatever your reaction is to that, I don't know. Braided too? You, you tried. Yep, you did. Yep. yep. No. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so maybe just something for you to note, perhaps for later or another time. Uh, you never know. It could come in handy at some point. Maybe a little bit of bribery. I don't know. Uh, okay, so he's you still guys, not aware of it. Yeah, completely <laughs> clueless. Like he has no idea that he has no ass in his pants, right? Like, he has no idea. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's incredible. Okay, so you guys uh, are going to uh, go downstairs to the um, questioning rooms, which are all very familiar. And actually, Meg, this room in particular where they put the sprite is the same room that you were held in before when you guys came back from Canticle Bay. Oh, so I don't like this room. Yeah. Um, like, we all don't like this room. <laughs> right? So, uh, and it's it's the exact same treatment that you guys had. The her hands. Wait, are they doing the chemical thing? Yep. So they they're trying to bring out the yellow. No, who, who, who like the yellow, so who against the yellow stuff. Who's yellow? <laughs> yellow stuff. Who's yellow? Was it? Some of the zap, zabby, zabby stuff. Cares against using yeah, do it, this do it, against do it. the sprite. Yeah. Okay. So the the sprite is tied down again with her arms out at her sides. Her fingers are splayed in like the live long and prosper thing. So they're. You know, the, each of the fingers are strapped down, the hand is strapped down, the wrist, the elbow, across the shoulders, across the chest, across the waist, across her hips, the whole thing tied down, can't move. And the the um, three needles are brought in and they are punctured into her arm, exactly the same way that you guys were um, at that point. And you guys are actually standing on the other side of the uh, Quicksilver mirror do you remember that solidified yeah. into yep. the tv screen yeah so you guys are standing on the other side of that exactly like an interrogation room in all of the cop shows okay so you guys can hear so law and order dun, dun. yes 100 <laughs> percent. so you guys can hear everything that's happening but they can't hear you inside of the room right uh so you hear them uh questioning and 
they're asking you know the usual questions like how did you know uh, to take the book did somebody tell you to take the book she's ask, asking all those kinds of questions and the sprite is not answering she's not speaking she's just not talking and that's when Darjan appears the guys leave the room and it's only the sprite and Darjan now in the questioning room Darjan kind of moves her head side to side and kind of cracks her neck a little bit and goes okay I understand that you don't want to answer the gentlemen who were just in the room. However, you will answer me. And she proceeds to, to ask her questions, and the sprite, again, is not answering any of the questions. So uh, Darshan walks over to the yellow plunger and just kind of flicks it a bit. Flick, flick. And just a tiny little bit of it comes down the needle and goes into the sprite. I bang on the screen. Yeah, they can't the, hear the a one thing. wall mirror. Yeah, they can't hear a thing. Like even the pounding on the glass, you can't hear it in the room. Is Boski or whatever in the room? They're all in the room now with you guys. It's only Darjan and the Sprite who are in the room. Okay. Yeah, but like with us, it's like kid, like there must be some magic. I turned to one of them and like, there must be magic we can use instead of that to get the truth. We don't like to rely on magic for the truth. We're sorry, but that's. This is this is how that can't be reliable at all, though. No, this is how it works here. Uh, so they would have used the magic on us when we came back from Canticle Bay if they had had it. We could hire someone. <laughs> hire somebody. So you would rather <laughs> leave her in the room while you go on a whirlwind search for a mage who could perform truth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As the, uh, the questioning is uh, progressing, Darshan is getting more and more aggressive. And her demeanor is getting um, more and more vicious. And this is, you're really starting to see that ugly side of Darshan that you've kind of been warned about. Um, I remember that. <laughs> well, Amber does. Yeah, right? So uh, the, the plunger goes down and, and the sprite has her reaction to it. And Darshan is like, listen, like you can make all of this stop. You just have to tell us how you knew or how you thought to take the book and what you thought you would get from the book. And the sprite, as much as she can, is kind of squirming in the chair. And you guys know how tight those straps are and you know how difficult it is to move in those straps. You've been in those seats. As Darshan's questioning gets more and more aggressive, she gets closer and closer and closer to the sprite. And she's she's basically leaning right over into the sprite's face. And she's like, tell me the truth. And this ends. Tell me who you're working for. Tell me why you wanted the book in the first place. Tell me. And all of this ends. And the sprite doesn't give up any information. So Darshan pushes the plunger on the yellow vial and it starts to go into the sprite and you actually see the sprite's skin start to smoke a little bit. Whoa, whoa, and I'm in the room, right? Yeah. Isn't no, that the zappy stuff? Whoa. It's the zappy we're stuff. in the interrogation room. No, the the observation room. room. Yeah. Observation room, that's yeah. the word. And that's care exactly. turns I don't feel to, comfortable with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kara turns to Bossy and then how is this different than how the siren, what the siren did to us? And as you're asking- We're seeing someone as you're asking these questions, you see Pete burst out of the room and you watch as Pete comes into the interrogation room with Darjan and he grabs a hold of Darjan and he takes her out of the room. And you hear a very angry conversation on the other side of the door um, that leads into the room where you guys are. And it's along the lines of the conversation that you guys heard before you left for the Feywild. It's, you're losing control. I don't understand who you're turning into. You're not the same person that, that I know. I know that you're better than this. I know you're a better person than this. And I don't understand where all of this anger is coming from. And you hear Darjan and Pete bickering back and forth. And they really seem to be having a, a really tough conversation about um, Darjan's mental state and Pete comes, <clears throat> Pete comes back into the room with the sprite and the sprite is like sobbing she's crying and she goes it's a lich I'm working for a lich and he said he needed a book and I've been looking for a book and then I found that book and I took that book and now I've lost the book and I don't know what he's going to do to me and that's where we're going to end for this week <laughs>
Oh, wow. I look down at, I look down at Karen and say, see, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I look up and scowl. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like borderline twitching, hands clenched, borderline raging right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because like his memories from Canticle Bay is, especially with the room right there. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Meg, what are your thoughts? Uh, so at first I was not happy that she was bring, being brought in to be questioned, and now I'm like, hang on. Maybe they are. Yeah, right. this is interesting. Yeah, maybe yeah. they are right. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth, <laughs> you caught the last five minutes of uh, what's been happening. You just kind of were following them down into the interrogation room to figure out if there was anything right? that, you know, you're just trying to get caught up on the gossip of where they've been because you've been looking for them like all day. And they come home, and this is, this is what you've seen. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think what I'm going to try and do is maybe talk to everybody individually, and kind of piece it together, and why cares in chapless pants with a tail. Assless with ears. Assless no, no, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. That's nothing. Yeah. I'll fill Elizabeth in on that part of it. Yeah. Will our inveterate inebriates manage to stagger to a victory over the adversity that hampers their imbibing? Or will their hangovers hamper their hearty adventures? Will they ever garner enough coin to clear their bar tab? Tune in next week for more antics of Vim and Vino. Don't miss out on more Wizards and Wine.